Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Do you dream of being CEO of your own empire? Running your own company? Achieving your life's goals? Yet wake up in a cold sweat? Next to last night's takeout leftovers and a pile of bus ticket stubs? You are not alone. Like many others, you are suffering from a classic case of caviar dreams, tuna fish budget. I'm Margaret Josephs. And I'm Lexi Barbuto. And every week, we'll be talking to influencers, trailblazers, disruptors, and risk takers who'll share their own journey to caviar dreams on a tuna fish budget. Side effects may include increased motivation, boundless happiness, and a fast track to success. Hello, caviar dreamers. Hi, caviar dreamers. We have Todd Plummer. Eat Gay Loved. He is a lawyer and a writer. Yes, travel writer. He changed his career. He went to school at McGill, worked hard, was working away on his path to be a lawyer and thought, holy fuck, what am I doing? And had a quarter-life crisis. Yeah, he says it's a quarter-life crisis because he was in law school simultaneously as being a society writer. And then he was like, shit, I don't want to do this. I really want to be a travel writer. So I think it took out of chutzpah to tell his parents, pay for this law school. I don't want to be in a cubicle. I don't want to do this. I want to travel. I want to write. I want to eat great food in different countries and, and make money at it. And simultaneously, he'd had an incredible career as a society writer for such a young age. He'd interviewed um, Martha Stewart. He'd interviewed Leonardo DiCaprio. He had interviewed Mad de Blasio, Giselle Bunchen in her own home. He had achieved so much in that career, too. And that career was off to a flame, so apart from the time that he asked him on, who David was on the nameplate necklace she was wearing, probably not a highlight. But he'd done some that things kind of that fun. we all want to do. Go to fashion shows, go to society calls at Tripriani. He was living that high life as a society reporter. So he had a couple of times that he was at the pinnacle of, you know, on a great tra- trajectory and questioned what he wanted to do. I know. I absolutely agree. And then he realized, you know what, once you start, as I always say, feeding the beast, making that big money, being a lawyer, working till all hours of the night, how would he give that up? Yes. So he knew he had to make a career change very early on, even though he went through all that schooling. So I think he's going to inspire you all. He's going to tell us his great places to travel, some of the most underrated areas, some of the most overrated areas, and where he loves to be, and a place where he finds fabulous that I'm going to be traveling to soon. So let's just welcome on. Hey, Todd. Hi, Todd. Hello. Hello. Todd Plummer. <laughs> We're so excited to have you. It's so funny because we met at a... Pride event 
pre-pandemic, the year World Pride, the big Pride event at the yes. Rainbow Room. And we met in the street afterwards and you're a friend of Lindsay's. And then here we are, fast forward, ready for Pride again. And it's like we skipped a whole year of yeah, our we, lives. Yeah, we skipped a whole year. Yeah, we went out with a bang. Yes, right. out with a bang. And now, and now you're back to traveling again, which makes me yes. very happy. So you could write about all these great places that you've been and tell me where I should be traveling. Yes, absolutely. So we told our listeners, obviously, a little bit of backstory about how you landed in this dream job where you literally spend your life traveling and writing about things that are phenomenal. Yeah, but you created that yourself. You you decided to do that dream job because you were more of a society writer until you had your moment of your eat, pray, love moment that you coined eat, gay, love. And you Absolutely. took a one you took a one way ticket to Bali. So could you tell everybody about that? Oh gosh, I mean, I had a quarter life crisis. Is how it came about. Um, I moved to New York right after college, and I knew I wanted to write. I knew I wanted to be a journalist of some sort. And I ended up writing about society for five, almost six years, and um, which was amazing. It was the perfect first media job. I was going out every single night of the week, meeting new and interesting people. I can talk to anyone. I can talk my way out of a paper bag if I have to. Uh, and those years were so exciting and great, but uh, very grueling and not, I knew it, I came to understand that it wasn't what I wanted to do for my whole career. And there was just, there came a time around 2017 when I was like, I cannot schmooze with another socialite for another minute of my life. I need to. <laughs> um, and I gave up my apartment in New York and reinvented myself as a travel writer overnight and bought a one-way ticket and just started traveling. And um, basically did that for about two and a half years until the pandemic happened, so. I know. And what, I mean, were you like, holy shit, now the pandemic is going to set me back? Are you like, now what am I going to do? It, it, yeah, it was pretty wild to be a travel writer who didn't have a home, basically, <laughs> and not be able to travel anymore. Um, so I had to move back in with my parents in Massachusetts, um, which has actually been kind of a, a mixed bag. Like, I, it's been good. It's been good, I should say. Um, I'm clearly very insecure about being 30 and living at home. <laughs> no, I think so many people... Yeah, in a even, pandemic, you get a pass. Yeah, pandemic, you get a pass. And I think so many people wanted to do that because they didn't want to be alone. So, so many mm -hmm. people did live with family. I don't think that's a big deal. So, don't worry don't yeah. up about that. And then, no, when you it's traveling good. when the pandemic hit, were you, were you in a fall location? I was... When it became clear that, like... Uh, things were about to go down. I was in Vancouver Island, Canada, which is, I mean, not super remote, but it is kind of a pain to get to from Boston and New York. It's the other side of the continent. It's, you're basically in Alaska. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So tell me, like, when you decided, okay, so when this pandemic's over, you were like, where's the first place you were going to go? Where did you go? Where was the first place as soon as travel opened up? <sighs> the first place I really went was Bermuda a few weeks ago. Ooh, I love nice. Bermuda. And now where do you suggest to stay in Bermuda? There's a brand new St. Regis Hotel that just opened there that is fabulous to die for. Oh, I absolutely love that. Because you know what? Joe used to love Bermuda, but I've never been to Bermuda. Do you believe that? I know. And I, I love so it. It is so close. The, the flight 
uh, was about like an hour and 10 minutes. I think from New York, it's an hour and 15. Oh, that's so uh, nice. So you can get there faster than like going to Montauk most weekends. Yeah, I know. Because yeah. Montauk is so crazy. So yeah. that you, I mean, so do you see yourself just like traveling the rest of your life? What was it? Were you, did you travel as a child? I mean, what was it about travel that you were like, this has to be my life? I didn't really come from a traveling family at all. We're like old school New England wasps. We've like been here from the Mayflower and haven't even traveled much since. Um, but I just sort of got the itch. I just, I, I've lived in the Northeast between Boston and New York my whole life. And I just wanted to get out and start seeing everything. I know. Now, originally you went to school and became a lawyer. So mm -hmm. this was obviously quite some change. Go from practicing law you know you're a legal intern a part of it which is obviously in that fashion and social IT space but how did your parents feel was it hard to break it to them like hey um I just committed to law school did all this and now I want to write about like what Gigi Hadid wore last night <laughs> so my society I have kind of a weird story my society writer years and law school coincided mm -hmm. so there were a number of years when I was in school all day busting my balls in law school and then going out all night writing for vogue.com about Kendall Jenner um so and law school played into the quarter life crisis by the time it came time to graduate I was like I don't want to go sit in a cubicle a hundred hours a week making money for some partner that doesn't care about me. Like I, I need to like do something wild while I'm still young. Um, and I was a freelance writer at the time. So I was able to, I already had great relationships with a lot of my publications. So I was able to just sort of reinvent myself as a travel writer and hit the road and use travel writing to finance um, seeing the world for two and a half years. Uh, which I love that. So, so smart. You know what? So many people don't have the balls for a lack of a word to do something like that because you did go to law school. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have like the guilt. How am I going to tell my parents? Law school is expensive, but you really, you know, want, went after your passion, which I love so much because I think so many people don't do that and they operate a light out of guilt or just like, Listen, obviously a lawyer, a lot more, you know, hours and it's, you know, people are like, oh my God, I'll make so much more money as a lawyer. Let me do something I'm not as happy with, but I'm going to have more money and security. And, and security. What do you think, what was it in you? Were you just like, I want to be happy? Um, because I think so many people don't have that in them and I think you can inspire them. I, I think what it all comes down to is... I wasn't buying into the timeline that everyone was trying to put on me. Like when you go to law school, your professors, the administrators, your peers, all you talk about is getting a job after school. And it's sort of drilled into you that to like be a good lawyer, the, the gold standard is to get recruited by a firm and start working right after law school. But once you get recruited by a firm, like that's kind of it. Like you get used to making that amount of money uh, and in law, they call it the golden handcuffs. <laughs> so once you start like having that security and making money, it becomes really hard to leave. So to do something like um, decide to travel the world for two years becomes a lot harder. Um, you know, you rent the you rent the posh apartment in Manhattan. You start living this lifestyle, and you need to be making that much money. So. Yes, you, yeah. you have to feed the beast, as I always say. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right, mm -hmm. just one yeah. feeding the beast. So when you when you when you're traveling, do you take anybody with you? 
Sometimes. Sometimes. A lot of people want to go with you. It has to be someone that I like really trust. It can't be a new friend. Mm-hmm. Um, it has to be like an old friend I've known forever and that, you know, I know that we'll get along if, you know, because people's true colors comes out, come out when they travel, right? So you want to be with someone who like isn't going to have a meltdown if there's a plane delay or their bag gets lost or whatever. You want someone easy. Um, I brought some boyfriends on the road too. That almost never works out. (laughs) I know. Are they like, are you ever just like, don't embarrass me. This is my job. Behave accordingly. You have to give people, right? Oh my God. Yes. I, I brought a boyfriend to Lake Tahoe once on a work trip and we were having like a beautiful hosted dinner. The hotel was like so happy to give us dinner and he like didn't understand the dynamic that it's not polite to like order the most expensive thing on the menu all the time. So we sat down and he was like, we'll have the bottle of Cristal. And I was like, so like, and not even if you're on a sponsored trip like me, if you're on like a regular trip, like you just need to be with people who know how to read the room, you know? Yes. Oh, Oh, believe me, I'm on a show with people who know how to read the room. That's my biggest sign also. It's just like, yeah, if it, if someone else is hosting, you don't order the most expensive thing. I mean, sometimes I order, if I want the most expensive thing, I don't feel as guilty because I don't drink alcohol. So mm-hmm. I never inflate the bill. I'm always the cheapest date because I, I don't drink. So that's my theory. Yeah, you can yeah. pick up a lobster anytime. Yeah, I, I'm allowed to order the most expensive thing at all times because I don't drink. Yes. Now, I, I know that you had a boyfriend in New York that had a very interesting job, completely different to what you do. And I, I do want to hear about that because as someone who likes to watch SVU for years, <laughs> I am so interested as to how you dated a cop. Yeah, I dated an NYPD cop for four years. That was wild. Um, we met actually the summer that I was an intern in New York. He picked me up in a bar. Uh, and I was underage at the time, which should have been like a red flag that a cop was picking up a 19-year-old. Did you have fake ID? Oh, yeah. I had a great fake ID. So maybe that Actually, was... You know, it was an awful fake ID that looked nothing like me. It was an Australian. I'm clearly not Australian. <laughs> I think, yes. Okay. Yes. Um, so, yeah, we, we met in a bar the summer I was in New York as an intern and had like a whirlwind summer in New York City romance and it was great and um, I went back to finish school so we were long distance for a while and so when I moved to New York right after college uh, we moved in right away and we were together for four years and during those four years I watched him grow in his career he started as a transit cop in transit district 30 Hoyt Skemmerhorn Brooklyn And uh, by towards the end of our relationship, he became a special victims division detective. Um, so literally, like a real life detective stabler. Wow. In my head, though, I imagine you coming home and being like, "I had the worst day. I was stuck in the wrong seat at Fashion Week, and you know, Chris Jenner was bossy in front of me, and he's like, okay, well, okay. let me tell you what happened.' Yeah, exactly. Someone tried to stab me yeah. on the F train, and da, 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 right. <laughs> So different. It, it was wild. I always say we lived in different New Yorks. Um, during in the years that we lived together, we we shared like a crappy apartment in Midtown East, a teeny tiny apartment because that's all we could afford. 
And he would be stuck at home most nights while I was out schmoozing and reporting on galas. I was on like the charity circuit during those years. And he would always text me like, I just had Domino's for the fourth time this week and you're at Cipriani's again. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, oh, this place. <laughs> if oh, I have to have this the ass one more time this week. I know. Um, That's and so I, got, I actually got in the habit of like sneaking. Um, they would pass at Cipriani during the, those years, they would pass out dessert on little plates at the gala. And by that point in the gala, everyone's up and around and talking and no one eats their dessert. So I would steal dessert put it in my bag on the Cipriani's plate and bring it home to him. Oh, so there, that was so, so cool. at one point we did have like a collection of Cipriani plates. <laughs> oh, I love that. I mean, that's like me with my bathrooms that I steal from hotels. Oh, I hope yes. no one's yeah. <laughs> I'm well, I'm well known in the hotel circuit. I just love a good hotel room. Yes. I don't want to blow you cover, but Marge is actually going somewhere um, that I'm very jealous she's going. And I know you met someone very fancy when you were there. Um, Marge is going to Mystique. I said if she goes to the Maldives without me, that I'm never speaking to her again. She could I'm not going until next year, but we're booking, we, we're booking it now with two other couples. Because I go on one major, major vacation a year. Because with my work schedule, obviously, it's very hard to go on a a vacation like that and you know mustique isn't the easiest destination to get to and rent a villa and all that nonsense you know how it is yeah did it's you fabulous. love mustique is it so fabulous it's so worth it right like from another time it's it's unreal yeah no I, crowds no riffraff like it's that's the way i like to travel i mean i'm just not a girl who loves a jamaica i'm sorry you know certain parts of jamaica are good but i just don't love that rah-rah I love a party, but like a barefoot elegance. And that's what they say mustique is like, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, who did you yeah. run into while you were there? Uh, <laughs> I ran into Pippa Middleton, the Middleton family. Um, this was, they, I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about this, but they go there on holiday every, I think it's every January. Oh, uh, yes, oh, I see the Middleton. I think we did the smartest thing when we switched from ordering in at the office every day to using every plate. I, I agree because first of all, I was eating so unhealthy and every plate has changed our life because we never know what to eat. I'm always running to the supermarket. What restaurant are we ordering from? And then every plate made it so easy. We have healthy choices for all of us to eat, makes it so simple to cook something. Lexi, thank God you turned me on to this. Yeah, I mean, it's so great because it is America's best value meal kit. So every plate meals are about 50% cheaper than a meal made from grocery store ingredients. And all of them to come together in less than 30 minutes. I know. So we could, I could cook something for you girls while we're having lunch exactly. or dinner. And it's so easy. So I think everybody, you don't realize, you go to the grocery store, you have to find all the ingredients, you have to make the recipe. Every plate, it all comes together, ready to go. You just make it and you're, and you're like your own little chef. So we could spend more time enjoying ourselves or get back to our work. I agree. So everyone, I want you to try every plate for just $1.99 per meal, plus an additional 20% off your next two boxes by going to everyplate.com and entering code CAVIAR199. Get started with every plate for just $1.99 per meal, plus an additional 20% off another two weeks by going to everyplate.com and entering code CAVIAR199. And that is up to $100 value. Yeah. <laughs> 
So yeah, I'm definitely never invited back to Mystique for telling you that now. <laughs> stop, stop. Because there's no hotels on Mystique, right? You have to rent a villa. There, there's one tiny hotel, I think it's still there, called Cotton House, and it has like 10 rooms. But yeah, otherwise you must rent a villa. Um, and what they don't always tell you is that on Mystique, you have to be approved to rent a villa. So like, they don't just let anyone go. Oh, Jesus. Um, oh, I didn't do my oh, approval yet. I don't know if I did my approval, but I am going with um, my friends, the Steinbergs, and they're very... Yes, they're very well-behaved. They're very well-behaved and well-to-do, well well and, you know, I'm sure they'll kiss the bedding process. Yeah. If I was going with the other housewives, I don't know, I don't think we'll be allowed. <laughs> you know, I'm sure being vetted with the Steinbergs. Yeah. You'll see this when you go, but on Mystique, there is, like, literally one bar. And I think it's called Basil's. Um, so that's just where everyone goes at nighttime. So when I was there, the Middletons were there, you know, having a great time. Oh, I'm so excited. Now tell me, because, you know, people, because you are a travel writer, what is the most underrated place that people don't realize is a great place to go? Huh. I mean, it depends what you like doing. Um, a place that I personally love that people think I'm crazy for loving is Canada. Uh, it's right there. It's so close. It's very easy to get to. Super quick flight um, to Toronto or Montreal. Um, and there's so much like adventure to be had and the cities are interesting and there's a really great food scene. Uh, Vancouver is one of my favorite cities in the world. So yeah, don't, don't write off Canada. It's not as like lame as Americans pretend it is. <laughs> oh, okay. I like that. You went to school there too. You went to McGill. I did. Yeah. So lived in Montreal for four years, which is another great city. Super easy to get to from New York. Um, the flight's less than an hour and parts of it are like being in Europe. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. It's very European. And I, and I mm -hmm. do like Montreal. Yeah, my, I think my cousin might have been at McGill at the same time as you thinking about it. And she used to come fetch me really easily back and forth. She did a few years there and she was like, it is the and most magnificent. Now, what's the most overrated? Most overrated? <laughs> Um, that everybody goes to, and you're just like enough already. Uh, Tulum. Yeah, yeah. Lately, everybody's in Tulum. Mm -hmm. Everyone's like Tulum, Tulum, Tulum. Yeah. I'm not going. <laughs> okay, it's, it's decided. It's decided. Yeah, if there was, yeah. oh, if you had to only go to one place, now that's it. Like you, you on the do not fly list for everyone. And there's one place you could take a vacation every year. Where would that be? Argentina. <gasps> I've been dying to go to Argentina. Yes. I'm so, it's, you know. Uh, Marge, it is. I'm so um, Ava Perone. Yes. Like, you know, with my platinum hair. <laughs> Don't cry for me. You know? Yes. Can't you just see it? I mean, you're going to Mustique. I'm not crying for you. I know, exactly. <laughs> tell me, Argentina, tell me, please. Because I really think that's an important trip. I mean, so much. First of all, Buenos Aires is like, and maybe I was ignorant before I went there, but Buenos Aires is like strikingly sophisticated and European. There are parts of it that look just like Paris. Um, it's a huge city. It's like, they love to go out. They love to live life. It's like, it's amazing. The uh, food is so good there. Wine, obviously. You don't drink, but the wine is really good. Um, and uh, I mean, if you can make it down to Patagonia where you can go hiking and skiing and experience the mountains, it's, um, it's, it's stunning. But what about like, and they say, well, Uruguay is a different country, but I'm saying Punta de Est in Uruguay, they say is very fabulous. 
It's right next door to Argentina. Yeah, and in fact, many people from Buenos Aires treat it like they're Hamptons almost. Um, so they'll go there like for weekends or like a week at a time. Um, and Uruguay is super, super chic. It's a great beach destination. Um, but it's interesting, the season is super, super short in Uruguay. So the popular time to go is literally like Christmas to January 15th. And then it's deserted the rest of the year. It feels wow, like. so wow. short. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. That is wild. Yeah, I heard the clothes in Argentina in uh, Buenos Aires are amazing. The oh, clothes, yeah. the steak, the leather, fabulous. Mm. I think we men, have my gosh. The men, I mean, Ooh. you you have to go for the men. I, you know, I'm married. I already pulled that yeah. stuff once. I think it's not going to go over too well if I try that again. So. Yes, I do want to point out that Juan Todd is eligible and available. That's my favorite thing. When you send your bio, it's very clear you are an eligible and available. So I want to make that clear to everyone. And if you land this guy, you're going to travel. Thank you. My the people. Exactly. Not only is he cute, but Jesus, you get to travel. I mean, come on. Adorable, fun, fabulous. And they'll steal you a dessert. Yes. The destinations are unbelievable. So we asked everyone who came on the podcast three questions. Um, and the first one is, what is your most entrepreneurial advice? You know, I think you've been very entrepreneurial. You've made some real decisions on the fly. So anyone sat there at home right now, maybe they just finished law school or in a career. What's your most real advice? Don't be afraid to say no. Like you need to learn to say no to the things that aren't right for you. I think when I was really early on in my career as a writer, I would just say yes to everything because I was so eager to work. Um, but now I'm like a decade into my career at this point. I've become a lot more discerning about things that just aren't interesting to me or boring or um, things I know that will be too tedious and take up too much of my time or just aren't paid enough. Um, so you just have to be, when you're an entrepreneur and when you're a writer, you're an entrepreneur for yourself. Um, but I mean, I would say this about any business, you just need to learn to say no. That I think is, that's yeah. good. I think that's so good. What, I also ask everybody this question, what is your big boy panty moment? When did you realize like, holy shit, how am I going to do this? How am I going to get through it? What was that pivotal moment where you're like, oh, crap, I got to pull up my pants? Big boy panty moment. Uh, uh, so when I first left New York and I was like living out of a suitcase, there was a time when I flew from Europe to China and the airline lost literally everything. And I just woke up and was like, I'm on my own in like a very foreign country. I do not speak the language. And like, I got to find an H&M and buy some, like buy a new t-shirt. Cause, um, so yeah, that was my big boy moment, I guess. My big boy pant, panty moment. Yeah, your I big mean, boy panty moment. Well, that was literally a pantless moment. Yeah, your big boy panty moment. moment. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I think that's but things like that happen and you just have to learn to roll with the punches. Life yeah, happens. it's so significant of like, when you just like, I'm, I'm sure at that time in your life, you're like, oh my God, like all the decisions you made that led up to that moment made you feel very like naked and alone, literally. Yes, <laughs> literally. So what percentage would you say you are? We say the margin success, we accredit to 50% delusion and 50% determination. Uh... Uh, ninety percent delusion, ten percent. Oh, yes, 
Yes, people. 90% delusion, 10% determined. Because people don't realize delusion is what makes it happen. People think mm -hmm. that's yeah. a good thing. It's a good thing. Yes. I, I am like an ordinary guy from Massachusetts. I didn't grow up with enormous privilege. I didn't grow up with connections. I didn't grow up, you know, for a society reporter, I became acutely aware of just how like regular I am. Um, but still I followed my dream and I've ended up with this really interesting career that I'm very passionate about. Um, so, you know, if you're, if you can have the delusion to dream of something for yourself, then you can make it happen. You are I absolutely, love I love that. That is like, you are the epitome of the caviar dreamer. I just love that so much. Cause I think some people, when they come on, I'm like, Oh no, I'm all determined. I'm like, bullshit. People don't get that far unless they're delusional because okay. you know what? You start somewhere that's not as big as you were when, you know, when you got here. And if you didn't have like delusion, you're never going to make it. It's so true. And I just love that so, so much. So tell everyone where they could find you. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Eat Gay Love. I love that. Eat Gay Love, so good. Such yeah. best Instagram handle, Eat Gay Love. And you write for Condé Nast. We can find all your articles literally everywhere. If they pay, I will write for them. If they pay, <laughs> I mean, that's so good. And I mean, where's your, where are you going next? Where am I going next? Um... Uh, uh, next week, I have a wedding in Asheville, North Carolina. So I'm doing a little Southern road trip. Oh, good nice. for you. I'm like already sweating just thinking about it. I over, I'm from the North. I overheat very easily. So like, whew. I know. Thank you so much. Everybody Thank follow you. my favorite Todd Plummer, Eat Gay Love. Thank you so much for coming on. You are just a breath of fresh air. Thanks, and, ladies. And so inspirational to so yes. many people. Bye, ladies. <laughs> He is adorable. Isn't he the greatest? The greatest. And he followed his dream. I love that he got the delusional comment. He because did. it's true. Very From very humble beginnings, mm -hmm. he, he's doing what he wants. He's living out his best life. Went to law school. I mean, he had to tell his parents. You and, know. and I think that's one thing. People subscribe to like what they think they should do as the mm -hmm. dream. A serious profession. And, you know... It doesn't always, you know, money doesn't equate to happiness. And I think people often, you know, success is measured financially. And it's not always the way. It's You're how happy. happy. It's happiness. Because guess what? Your money isn't going to make you happy every single day. Mm -hmm. I mean, money makes things easier sometimes, you know, but it doesn't bring you happiness. And I know. And it's just very interesting because you're working so hard. You're not enjoying your life. Your life is passing you by when, and he started his life and it brings him joy every day to travel, to do fun things. And he wasn't going to be happy being a lawyer. And you have to realize that you have to put a halt to things you yeah. don't want to do and really start living the way you want to live your life. And I think he's the perfect example of that. And you're, it's so funny because I was thinking about this last night. I'm now the age you were when I met you. Oh, I know. Do you believe is it? Is that not strange? It's a little scary. I, I wish I was still 13 years. I wish I was still that same age. But isn't that crazy? And then well, I'm four years older than my mother was when I first gave birth. My mother was a grandmother, 50, and I'm 54. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. And I was thinking of it last night. I was laying in bed thinking of it. You know how you get those racing thoughts. And I was just thinking, like, the trajectory of your career and what you've achieved with all the setbacks is so inspiring because when I met you, 
you had been working on Macbeth collection for so long and you had a factory. And since then, like the way you've grown the brand with the licensing it's and the, the opportunities and the networking and everything that you've done. And now you're on a TV show. Like sometimes I don't think we think about it. No, we don't think about it. And I think it's kind of fine. You have a book. We've yes. done so much. Even so like reading the book, I don't know why last night in bed it hit me. I guess because I was thinking in ages. Well, because like, yeah, because well, we also live it every single day. So for us, we're like, ah, oh, you know, because we're still trudging along, doing our shit, complain about nonsense. And I think last night I thought about it in that way, like, oh God, we're so busy. We're always thinking of what's next, what's next. We don't take time to acknowledge how fast time has gone. It's true. And so, I think everybody, I think that's appropriate. I think Todd has, when he said he had a quarter of a life crisis, so he probably had a life crisis at 25 years old mm -hmm. uh, when he was like in law school. And I think it's important to realize at any point in your life, you know, reevaluate. Are you happy? Is this what I want to do? Always have a goal. You could change your career path at any yes. given moment. Do what you want to be doing. And just make it happen, people. You have to. Like you said, he comes from humble beginnings, and that's it. And you get one shot. Like, one shot at life. You yeah, have to exactly. Take it. Life is short. There's no fucking do-overs. No, and the worst thing Meaning, like, say we're no. not coming back again. So just make it happen now. You have to. So thank you again for tuning in, Kevin. I hope you're enjoying our Pride Month episodes. Yes. Um, we're going to go and get ready now for the march, raising the pride flag I'll be raising town. the pride flag in town. I'm so lucky to live in the most diverse LGBTQ plus community in Bergen County. And it'll be the third year in a row. Third year in a row I'm raising this. Yes. I'm so and I'm very proud of you. Oh, thank you, Lexi. And I'm, I'm very blessed to live in such a great place with such a great community. And, and I you are an amazing ally to the community. Thank you. And yes. everyone thanks you. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you. So you can find us every week with new episodes at Caviar Dreams, Turner Fish Budget, everywhere you find your podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Apple, all the good stuff. And you can find us on Instagram with the same name and at The Real Margaret Joseph and The Life of Mrs. B. And follow Macbeth Collection. Yeah, and buy the book. Oh, God. Buy the I book. need a list. Just yes, go yes. on the website yeah. and fill out all the things. Exactly. Just get it all. Get it all. We have a lot to say. Keep dreaming. Keep dreaming, caviar dreamers. Happy Pride. Happy Pride.